brought to you by Ewok Meal Preparations. Be a part of the tribe with a home-cooked banquet made in your honor, delivered right to your door. Slow-roasted over a simmering barbecue pit, our dishes are made with the finest spices this side of wild space. Serving people, since 4ABY, it's finger-licking good. For a limited time, get a free Stormtrooper helmet with every meal. There's <laughs> nothing a little music can't help. Rockin', rockin' and rollin' Down to the beach I'm strollin' But the seagulls poke at my head Not fun, I said seagulls mm, Stop it now You found something? Yes, Lord Vader well, That's it, the voice of the rebellion is there My lord, there are so many uncharted podcasts It could be smugglers, it could be that is the podcast that I am sure Mark and Gabe are with them. Set your course for the small can system. General Veers, prepare your men. Nothing I could do but yell when these birds attack me. When I tried to run, I fell, and then these kids start laughing. Welcome to the 13th ever episode of What's the Rebellion? This is the only Star Wars podcast on the entire internet that is hosted by me and Gabe. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. I know. I didn't think it could be done. There aren't very many podcasts that can claim that. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, we don't have very much news this (laughs) week. no news. We, like, poured over every little bit. We have two weeks until the movie comes out. The Last Jedi. And yet there is no news out. Yeah. So you wanted to talk to me. I wanted to ask you a question. Okay. Um, Two-part question. One, who do you think, if anyone, will die in Last Jedi? And two, who do you absolutely not want to see die in Last Jedi? I think that Princess Leia is going to die in Last Jedi. And I absolutely do not want Princess Leia to die in The Last Jedi. Okay, so the answer is both. Because they said that they were going to have to do some manipulation and stuff and move over some scenes from The Last Jedi into the final film to get her in there. And they said, no, you know what? We cannot. We can finish it all off in episode eight. Like, her, all of her scenes. Mm-hmm. But how do you... I mean, what other way can you remove Leia from needing to be in the story at all for episode nine? Well, like, yeah. no, with them, they don't even have episode nine, like, written or anything. How do they know that they're not going to need her for episode nine? What, and what do you, like, because there needs to be some sort of resolution with, there has to be a resolution between unless, Kylo and his mother. Unless that's part of the journey, that he didn't get a chance to get that resolution, and that torments him further. Yeah, but then and what, like, you just like say, the like. the start of the movie is, she blows up on a ship. They're like, hey, I heard Leia's on that ship. You see it blow up. I know, up. But that's so. What can they do? I mean, if it. If she doesn't die in episode eight, that's what I'm saying. Is I think they have to kill her off in episode eight in order. But to... do you think that was always the plan? Because if if it wasn't, how do you also make that work? That's the same thing. Like, hey, she's on that ship. Well, I mean, we saw it in the trailer him getting like all that you do yeah, is you they just do... modify it so that he does fire and blow it up. Did they do not reshoots it. after Carrie Fisher's? Death? Yes, they did. They did. Yeah. Yeah. So that's. Tricky, tricky. So I really don't want her to die, but I think she's going to die. Um, I also don't want Poe Dameron to die. Like, no, he won't die. Exactly. They have He's no reason to. Um, I've got this bad feeling one day that Chewbacca was going to die. Yeah. Like, there's no more Han. Like, it feels like... He's kind of a superfluous character without Han. It'd be like a, a really sad death, too. Like, maybe he's taking... Like I just picture him making a really great big sacrifice. It would be like um him. like Liz Lemon in um in Thirty Rock, how her greatest fear was that she was never gonna get married, so she was gonna die alone in her apartment choking on food and because nobody was gonna be there to give her the Heimlich maneuver. So that's gonna be like Chewbacca. That's gonna be like it. he'll be on the Millennium Falcon yeah. all alone because Han isn't there and he's gonna choke on some food and he's gonna be like uh, if only Han was here and he's gonna choke and die yeah. on the ship alone. <laughs> Um, no, I see him piloting 
Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Maybe the Millennium Falcon explodes too. That would be really tragic. Yeah, like he dies on the Millennium Falcon making some like sacrificial run on a ship or something. Yeah. And I just I just I just saw that scene in my head and I was like, ooh. Uh, I think that's gonna be like a, a then, night film thing. But then it made me sad. Yeah. Poor Chewie. That made me more sad. I could I could totally on. see that happening in the ninth film of Chewbacca yeah. and the Millennium Falcon being destroyed. But do you think that eight requires a death? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I two feel didn't like, have, two didn't have a death, I feel and like, five didn't have a death. So I feel like there's so much story left for Luke that he wouldn't die in no. eight. No. I don't really see that happening. Then again, he could pull an Obi Wan and like sacrifice his life so that Ray can become yeah. a better Jedi. But he'd still be back as a Force ghost in the next one. Yeah. I mean, he did apparently say that he did not like the direction that Rain Johnson no. would take his character in. And I don't know whether to be excited by that or distraught. Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll see. we got uh, two weeks. Yeah. I don't know. Um, what one thing do you, like, need to see in Last Jedi? Hmm. I need to see long, slow, loving shots of the... Uh, the Vulptrixes. The Vulptrixes. Oh, yeah. The, the, the official name of... Oh, that's some news. The official name of the Crystal Foxes on... Um, crate. On Crate has been revealed, and their uh, single one is a Vulptic, a Vulptrix. Yeah. And multiples are Vulptrixes. So what does Vulp mean? Because in it's Pokemon, a, yeah, a Vulpex it's, it's, is... it's part of the scientific name for a okay. fox. Okay. Um, somewhere in there. The more so. you know. Yeah. So anyway, long, beautiful, just, loving shots. Just like a shot of them just, just doing their natural habitat, maybe, you know, just hunting, yeah. feeding their family. Yeah, the, David Attenborough the, comes the in. The father, Vulptrix, like, comes home from his steady job. And put, he unties his tie. Yeah, puts, puts, his, puts his hat on the stand and <laughs> sits down for dinner. He gets mad at the wife because theirs not made yet. Yeah. Like that, you see, right? like, you see children running around and suddenly the Imperial... Walkers like the foot comes stomping oh. down their building, and then you like really care about the planet. No, um, I want to see. I don't know what I want to see because I, I think, I feel like I need to see Luke do something like astounding with a force power. Like, yeah. like whoa, he's really knows his shit now. Yeah, like I don't even necessarily need to see him in lightsaber combat. Like, yeah. I, I would almost, and I wouldn't know if he even would. Because if he's become so powerful in the Force now, it feels like there's no need for a lightsaber. In fact, in the um, the Clone Wars comics, I remember the pretty early on, Obi-Wan was talking about this Jedi that didn't even carry a lightsaber because mm-hmm. she had such mastery over the Force and and using the Force to like make people calm that mm-hmm. she would never be in a fight. Well, and um, one of the original rumors of what was going to be happening in the force awakens mm-hmm. was that they were going to find Luke Skywalker. It was actually pretty close. They were, they said they were going to find Luke Skywalker, like banished away from society, mm-hmm. but that it was because he had become too powerful in the force. And that when they found him, he was just going to be like, sort of like hovering in the air, meditating with like yeah. rocks swirling around him and stuff because he was just like, yeah. one with the force. So, like I need to see him like have this moment where it's like, um, no, you're done, and then he does something like spectacular. That's, yeah, that's yeah. Um, I mean, and, I, just... and I need to see. Uh, here's what I need to see: a new force power. Yeah, got to see a new force power. You know, when it's... we yeah, when when Kylo Ren froze the blaster bolt in the middle of the air, that was like yeah. I mean, that was like new, I guess. But even that was just um. Just I, a form of I ended up letting out. I know, but I ended up letting out a gas. I know, happened. but. Like, I need to see... Something big. Inventive. Okay, so you got like, force big... lightning, you know? Well, like, someone was saying, like, what about force, like, fire, you know? Well, you watch something, like... There's this whole big battle on Crate. What if, like, the battle's going on, and then Luke just, like, steps out onto the battlefield, and he just, like, <sighs> shuts down He's the just, entire army. He just takes down all the walkers at once. Like, yeah. oh. That'd be awesome. That would uh, give me a Star Wars orgasm, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Because Luke Skywalker is my main man. Yeah. He is the bastion of compassion. Luke 
Father saving life, Skywalker. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think that's what I need to see. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We got well, nothing. We'll yeah. We got nothing. All right, so let's go ahead and go on to the main topic now. Before we start our main topic, Mark, I have to say something. Okay. The Empire Strikes Back is boring. How is it boring? <laughs> okay, so I've been trying to watch the films in preparation for Last Jedi, yeah. right? Okay. Um, and and I know it's like personal taste. A New Hope is boring. But, no, A New Hope is very boring. But I put Empire in, and it's like, yeah, so there's, you know, there's the skirmish on Hoth. I think the problem is, you know, I've seen these films a thousand times. So yeah. it's like, okay, yeah, yeah. Skirmish on Hoth. Um, he goes to train with Yoda. Great. And now Yoda's luminous being speech, highlight of the movie for sure. Um, and when he pulls the X-Wing out, highlight of yeah. the movie. Definitely great. But then it's like, you know, Han and Leia get chased in the, in the asteroid field. And then they yeah, get, and there's the big and huge they, space slug. Yeah, That's really it's cool. Like, and it's just a chase, and then there's a and then there's more chasing on Cloud City, and you know, yeah, they yeah, put like, they put Han in the carbonite, which is emotional. And then Luke gets there, and then he's, yeah, he has a battle with, with Vader, and I guess because you know the "I am your father" line has like no emotional impact anymore, it just felt like, eh. but when I put in Return of the Jedi. I still felt all of the emotional scenes yeah. because all of the emotional weight of Star Wars like, is oh in man. Return of the Jedi. Those are incredible Muppets. Look no, at all those no, amazing really, Muppets. Hear me hey, out. Look at all these like, look at size Noodles and her all CGI glory dancing around. And like they admit his big, huge musical number right in the middle of it just to really, really pull you out of the story. Yeah. It's okay. Amazing. But seriously, like the emotional weight of the Star Wars story with Luke turning like Vader back to good, like all of those scenes, like I actually really felt watching them again and again and again. I know, but if you go back and you watch the battle between Luke and Vader, you can see in Luke's face, he is confronting his father's murderer. Yeah. And he is like, he's just like raw emotion. Like I am going to destroy this monster. Yeah. And then the brokenness when he suddenly reveals that it is his father. Yeah, that, that just crushed. Yeah, yeah, he lets out that no. And, and he just would rather die than than, yeah. than confront it, he really. Yeah, he doesn't know he's going to land in that shaft and yeah, survive. He's just, he's just like, I'm dead. And, and you've got the. Uh, you say it's like just a chase scene through the asteroid field. That's a fantastic chase scene. Yeah, it's exactly. Good. It's a beautiful, it's like beautiful, like art and everything. Yeah. And then you've got the, there's all kinds of like intrigue throughout. Like he's going to go see Yoda. Oh, there's this weird little creature who can sense, you know, insists that he's going to take him to go see Yoda. And then it's revealed he is Yoda. And then you've yeah. got Han and Leia and they're like in the inside of the space slug, but they don't realize they're in a space slug. So then yeah. you end up with like, wait, what's going on? Why is the whole thing falling apart? And they get out and suddenly it's revealed, oh, by yeah. the way, that wasn't a cave. And then you've got on over on Bespin, you've got the intrigue of like, you know that there's something off about Lando, but you aren't quite sure what it is. Like, he doesn't seem trustworthy. And you know that there's this bounty hunter who like was tracking so them. I get all this watching it the first time. But I'm saying as a multiple watching, it's, I don't feel that. But I do still feel Luke desperately trying to turn his father back. And maybe it's just because I'm just a huge Luke fan. And that's that, yeah. that might be all it is. Because I love seeing how like confident Luke is in Return of the Jedi. Like that opening with Jabba's palace it was just brilliant to me. Because Luke is trying to give Jabba every chance to not lead to a violent outcome. By just like steadily selling every single one of his friends into slavery. <laughs> But he's but knowing that he could take care of the situation, which he does, but trying to give him every chance, and then finally just taking care of business. Like I don't know, I, I I guess that just finally taking care of business at the very last possible moment when yeah. he's shoved off of the sandbar yes, because he's giving him every single chance, which is noble and heroic mm-hmm. and compassionate. I just R two gets up there on top of the sand barge. 
and Luca like salutes him and he jumps off <laughs> and then R2 has been out in the sand for too long and his little hatch doesn't open. <laughs> <laughs> and so he bounces back up onto the thing, reaches his hand up and then one of the guards just like stabs him and just shoves like, ah! him off into the pit. Okay, this isn't a what if. There's just so many like things that could have gone so wrong that weren't like that weren't well thought out. Like it isn't like he had this foolproof plan. It was like just consistently like, oh, if luck holds true, then this will work, and if luck holds true, then this will work. But it was just such a no. His plan was okay. um, Droid send the message, right? Set it all up. We'll try to get him out secretly, anyways. Leia tries to get Han out. Okay. That fails. Tries to get okay. Han out, but Chewbacca now, is still in prison. Okay, I know. But so now like, she also but they would, free but Lando would have probably gotten him out. Lando was there as a guard, remember? Um, it's not that he was trying to make all these events lead into one another. It's that, okay, this event failed. Now we're going to do this. Okay, this event failed. So now, now I'm going to go in there and I'll be like, Jabba, we can make this deal. You can profit by this or be destroyed. It's your but there, choice. But there's no reason why and, the very first plan shouldn't have been send the Jedi in and let everybody stay safe at home. <laughs> like there's no – none of the things that he did by sending in like R2 and 3PO and Leia and Chewbacca, none of those things – like if you had just simply skipped straight to Luke doing his, his whole thing, none of the other stuff was required. Yeah, but his whole thing is violent. Okay, he's trying to get it done without violence. Leia sneaking him out is without violence. Him putting every single one of his friends in danger, <laughs> and sitting and sitting back and being like, "I'm it's just going to work here." The try. Listen, I could send our, I could send R two and three PO in, and they could get blasted into oblivion. And Jabba could go, you know what? This Wookiee isn't worth my time. I'm going to murder him immediately too. And this bounty hunter. I don't trust him he's because he's probably... waving. This bounty hunter's waving a thermal detonator in my face. Guess where he's okay. standing? Directly over my Rancor pit. I'm going to push this button. Maybe he just has faith in his friends. Remember, that's his strength, not his weakness. It's his weakness. No, it's his strength. So <laughs> then, then the emperor's overconfidence is also his strength. <laughs> Yes, it worked out for him all the way up until that point. Until he got thrown into a pit. Yeah. Um, no, so... No, okay, no. Luke was just standing outside Jabba's palace the whole time, listening in to make sure none of those things happened. And if they were about to happen, he was going to jump in and stop it. He's just going to, like, run through the palace. Wait! It makes wait. sense, but you're missing the point. You can nitpick, well, that doesn't make sense for this. In, in any Star Wars movie, okay? But the point is, Luke is confident... And he has really mastered himself. He, he's he's, com- he's coming of age. He's really he's who he is now. And seeing that, and seeing him fight with this whole concept of the dark side, like no, you can come back to the light. I don't care what Obi Wan and Yoda tell so me. Here's you can what it do is. that. You're saying that you're saying that Empire Strikes Back is boring. And I'm saying I'm also, I'm saying that A New Hope is also boring. Yes, that's because A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back are '70s films. I know that I know that Empire didn't come like come out until 81 81 but it's still a film of the 70s okay and if you go back and watch any film that was made in the <laughs> 70s it is boring as hell yeah it is it's so slow. boring i mean film making so if you look at today filmmaking is very yes. fast-paced whereas it's... what return of the jedi had going for it yeah was a fresh young director who was filming in the more modern style and yeah. so basically the entire thing is this big long action sequence. Yeah. There's you know, there is approximately like ten minutes where Luke's moping around on Dagobah like you don't tell me anything, Obi-Wan. Those scenes are the best in the film. But I'm saying he says that's he like, apologizes to you. No, but I'm saying that that's he, the only that is the only place yeah. where it isn't just people running around with lasers. Well that's not true. Like, there's a very touching scene when Luke turns himself into Vader and they're just walking down the hallway before going up before going up to the Death Star. Yeah. And Luke's like, no, like, he looks like, come with me. And there, like, it's too late for me, son. Like, that's yeah. an emotional weight. But it's interesting that you mentioned the filmmaking because I did watch Revenge of the Sith recently. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. There's not a scene longer than a minute in that movie. Yeah. 
it is bam, 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 which made it terrible. It's I a, like this doesn't hold up at all. It's erased. I get yeah. To I like. I remember like when I first watched it, I was like, oh, that's awesome. But I was younger and I didn't know it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watch it now, and it's like, wait, he's on the dark side now. Like they, they have to race through everything, like so they can spend ten minutes. Of Anakin and Obi-Wan waving their lightsabers at each other yeah. without ever making contact. Like, just cut down the duel. And because, yeah, that, yeah, that was so annoying. They, were, they, made, they weren't even making contact. They're just waving their blades around. Yeah. But, um, like, I just, in the span of 30 seconds, he goes from just wanting to save Padme to killing children. Yeah. It does not make any sense yeah. at all. It, it was like, at least have some, like, I could even see the whole, like, turning against the Jedi Order, yeah. killing Mace Windu, because he's trying to save Padme. Okay, that's his motivation. Yeah. How does Palpatine convince him that killing children is makes way, him yeah. stronger, makes well, him was, be able to save Padme? There was a great thing I saw that was showing how everything that Anakin said became true. So, like, when he was this little kid, who's, like, the same age as these younglings, he's like, yeah. no one can kill a Jedi... And then in episode three, he's murdering little Jedi children who are his age. And later on, he's like, I'd rather dream about Padme. And then episode three is just him having nightmares about oh, Padme dying. Yeah. It's like everything that he says is like this self-fulfilling prophecy of like, yeah. oh, you're going to regret saying that ever. <laughs> yeah. But God, even that scene, like, Master Skywalker, there's too many out there. What yeah. are we going to do? And he ignites his lightsaber like, what? Yeah. In fact, the whole I noticed I didn't realize how much the focus of the film was on that because Obi Wan and Yoda bring up the security footage, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, he's killed younglings." Obi Wan tells Padme, "Hey, he's killed a bunch of younglings." Padme confronts Anakin, "Hey, you killed a bunch of younglings." Yeah, like why are you doing this? I feel like they did it just so that they had a reason for you really to believe that Anakin was irredeemable. But the problem is, is that he killed younglings. Yeah. So that, you don't that want ruined, him to be... That ruins Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Because, like, no, you killed younglings. Like, yeah. you don't get to be redeemed. Yeah. So... Uh, if they just hadn't done that, it would have been fine. It would have been fine. Well, listen, that's actually super, super easy to cut yeah. like, from the phone. And it would have been the, fine. And the way you fix... The thing is that they couldn't do this because then it, like, reintroduces adult themes and stuff. But the way that you get in there and like really give impact to the, uh, to the Obi-Wan and Anakin and Padme on Mustafar is to go, Oh yeah, by the way, Padme and and Obi-Wan are totally having an affair. Oh man. Because right there, the minute Padme comes off of Obi-Wan's ship or no, uh, Obi-Wan comes off of Padme's ship. You're just like, that's when Anakin is just like, Oh, it all make that's all you have to do. You don't do anything else. Well, you simply when she steps off his ship or when he steps off her ship, Anakin simply just has to say, Oh. It all makes sense now. Well he kind of does already. He says, You were I, with him. You brought him here to kill me. I know, but like if they had just I mean, you, the pro- like I said, it's even it, if they didn't actually have an affair, if there was like an implication as to why Anakin would think that, yeah. maybe that would help. Yes. Exactly. Um, Just having an implication. But also, that could add impact to then Luke and Leia being born. You're like, wait, <laughs> could they be... Uh, you know, just as like a speculation. That's a big like, reveal. No, no. It's just it's just that it's sort of left there yeah. as a, wait, could they be? Yeah. You know? But, like I said, it's like too adult for, the, for yeah, Star yeah, Wars right. to have I mean, yeah. characters going around cheating on each other. But yeah, yeah. I mean, God, they just—that's how you fix *Revenge of the Sith*. Just axe the youngling thing, and you're done. That's it. It's, well, the it's way to fix movie. the way to fix the prequels is simply not have George Lucas direct them. Yeah, or or you, no, 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 not have George Lucas write the dialogue. That's the biggest problem I think the prequels have. No, because but George Lucas's entire directing style is: I just need you to finish these lines as fast as you possibly can. That's he's a true. terrible director. That's true because George Lucas, you see the scenes. I'm in Revenge of the Sith. I know we've said this multiple. At least I've said this multiple times on the podcast. George Lucas is a fantastic storyteller, which is evidenced by Rain Empire Theory. Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi that yeah. he didn't write. Yeah, by getting other people in there. Yeah, 
that allowed that means that you're able to yeah. actually tell the story that George Lucas is and he's great speaking of. and he's great at motifs and images yeah. that repeat. Yeah. Um, but like, gosh, yeah, like that that scene like where Obi Wan confronts Padme and Revenge of the Sith. He's like, he's like, there's a security footage of Anakin killing younglings, and Padme says, "Not Anakin." It couldn't be. Like, the way she delivers that line is mm-hmm. so bad. And it's not like Natalie Portman's a bad actress. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, like you said, the directing. Yeah. So, who's starring <laughs> in the reboot of the prequels? <laughs> no. No, I, just let him be. Like, just let him be. All right. Should we actually go on to main topic now? Yeah, I guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to be talking about the hero's journey. Hero's um, journey. The hero's journey is um, from Joseph Campbell. Um, he was a, a writer who had sort of analyzed myths all throughout history and determined there was certain paths that characters took that created a hero. Um, and this was in his book, Hero of a Thousand Faces. And he basically went through each myth and broke it down. George Lucas read Hero of a Thousand Faces and basically based the yeah. um, both both the New Hope and then the trilogy as a whole yeah. is the hero's journey. Um, I think later he tried to claim that Campbell's work didn't have much influence on him. Yeah, but, <laughs> but it, it was it's, like uh... it's pretty obvious, <laughs> especially because when I was fourteen years old, I went to Washington D.C. and at the museum of Air, uh, the Air and Space Museum um, mm-hmm. at the Smithsonian, they had an entire exhibit of Star Wars that was like the original props and stuff like that, and the entire thing walked through the hero's journey and explained it. So yeah. it's like, so then for years later, they'd be like, "Nah, not really." Like, yeah, yeah nah. they are. So. Um, not only Star Wars, but like if you watch if you watch Wizard of Oz or The Matrix, yeah, those are the exact same plot as A New Hope, yeah, like beat for beat, yeah. <laughs> um, so when you look at Episode Seven and people are like it's just it's just A New Hope, I'm like no, it's, it's just the hero's journey. Yeah, it's the, that's why things repeat. Yeah, I mean it's it's just the story of Odysseus. I think Joseph Campbell just, said that there was only three unique stories just being told in different ways. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so here's the way that it breaks down. So we're so, going to go through each of the steps and we're going to look at how it applies to each of the main characters main, of Luke, Ray and Anakin. Yeah. The main three. I mean, and it applies to like every character yeah. in all the movies. Every, like you could go through um, and you could be like, R2-D2, let's follow the hero's journey for him, and it works. Yeah. Um, but, it, um, but it specifically was designed for Luke, and then Anakin is a reflection of Luke, and Rey carries on the we, same story as well. As we discussed last episode, they have the same kind of trials that, yeah. that they come across. So. so when the hero is introduced, they're introduced into their normal world, their ordinary world. That's yeah. the, specific, the ordinary world is very important um, for myth. Because it's something that the hero eventually returns to. Yeah. Um, so the ordinary world has to be the place that's sort of mundane. It's the Shire in in yeah. um, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's Tatooine. Um, it's, he's got a boring job where he's yeah, just he's a farmer. working on and a it's farm. It's meant to be so you can empathize with the hero, so you can take you know take the journey with him. Yeah. So you're like, like my oh, life's kind of boring too. Like I feel you. Like like yeah. I look out at the sunset and I think. I wish there was something more than this yeah. as well. Um, Ray is a scavenger. Yeah, she's a scavenger on Jakku, and then Anakin's just a slave. He's just uh, working in Watto's junk shop yeah. all day, doing nothing except like going out and occasionally trying to get himself yeah. murdered by pod racing. Asking if women entering the shop are angels. Yeah, and, I'm, I'll bet he used that on every <laughs> single like. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to get laid as young as I can. Yeah. Like, <laughs> So the um you just write an adult Star Wars. <laughs> I know. So the hero always has a call to adventure. Okay. Um the hero has something that happens that is basically going to force them into adventure. Yeah. So with Luke, it's uh hey, here's this droid. Yeah. You wanna and, and the, mes- wanna the message comes yeah. out. The message um, comes out and that's his call to adventure. Yeah. Um switching back over to Lord of the Rings, that's Frodo being given the ring. It's like, yeah. hey, like you should go on this, this to, adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then for Anakin, 
the he doesn't really have like an initial call to adventure, it's, except that his call to adventure is when Qui Gon decides to take him away from Tatooine. Um, well, I think it's more to help win the pod race to help to help them. Yeah, but that's not really a call like, to adventure. That's a hey, finish up this pod race and we'll get you back to work. Like, like it's you not, can. Because Anakin doesn't know that he's that he's being having his freedom bought with the race. You're right. Just, yeah. So that's not that's a call. Interesting. To, that's a call to hey, you want to race your pod again? So there's that's yeah, not because he'd already done it before. The so call to like, adventure is I'm going to take you and I'm going to make you a Jedi. Specifically, um, oh, and then um, uh, the one that uh, Ray gets right. is BB-8. BB-8, and um, um, realizing that she's not going to sell this thing. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah. then there's. The refusal of the call. So, and they all refuse it. Um, yes. Well, I guess. So, Anakin no, Anakin it. turns and like runs back to his mom and is like, oh, okay. What if I never see what, you again? Yeah. And yeah. she's, and she has to like force him to go. She's yeah. like, no, you have to go do this. You have to get yeah. away. Um, um, with Luke, uh, he's like, cause, uh, uh Obi-Wan is saying like, you have to go with me to, to Alderaan. To Alderaan. He's like, I can't go to Alderaan. Yeah. My uncle needs me here. Like, yeah. Um, and then. Ray, um, when when Maz tries to present her with Luke's lightsaber, yeah, she wants no part of that. She yeah. runs straight into the forest and is like, mm-hmm. "No, I I can't and, handle this." And often a character is punished for refusing the call if they don't immediately accept. So there's often like Ray getting captured, and yeah. Luke has his entire family killed. Like <laughs> yeah. his family is going to get killed anyway. But that's that is because it happens right after he refuses the call. It's it's shown as a cause and effect. Yeah, and Anakin, um, he's being punished throughout the films because his attachment of not letting go of his mother, just yeah. running back to his mother that was refusing it. Yeah, um, that's that, that's his punishment. Yeah, it always comes back to his mother. Um, Enter the mentor. Yes, meeting of the mentor um, in um, King Arthur. It's him meeting Merlin. Uh, Merlin. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's a, yeah, yeah. a pretty common um, trope. So obviously Obi Wan being Luke, um, they often give them magical weapons. Yeah. Um, so Maz is the mentor. It's also Han. Um, Han yeah. presents her with a gun. He does, yeah. Uh, and he's the one who's the lore keeper. He's like, it's all true. And he talks yeah, yeah. So. And so yeah, he he takes her out of the ordinary world. Yeah. Into the special world. Yeah. Um, now Maz does play a part as well, um, but I don't think it's as big as Han's. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Luke was presented with Anakin's lightsaber from Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. Um, is Anakin given? Anakin a is no. Anakin isn't given a weapon, but his meeting with the mentor, it, the mentor isn't actually Qui Gon, even though Qui Gon like begins to teach him. Mm-hmm. The meeting with the mentor is Anakin Skywalker meet Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh, okay. That is where he's introduced to what it will be his future mentor. Yeah. In the overall well, he's story. He's not really ever presented with anything, is he? No, but it's, that's not always the case. Yeah, it's yeah, not always this, is, this is a loose, yeah. loose um, framework. Um, uh, following that, the, the hero passes the first threshold. Um, in so, the case of Anakin, Anakin doesn't really do much of anything. This this point could actually be used. Um, Anakin's hero's journey is much larger. Yeah. It covers an entire trilogy, whereas Luke's. Can actually be broken down into two. You can have you can either look at Luke's just from a just hope. a new hope, which is kind of what we're doing now, yeah. or as the entire trilogy. Mm-hmm. And so Anakin's for crossing the first threshold is him destroying the Trade Federation ship and being accepted as a Jedi. That's when he crosses the first threshold yeah. into the larger world. The character enters into the magical world for the first time. Luke sees his first view of is the Cantina. Yeah. He, he's fully immersed now. Like, there's no way back. He's in this world of the, the cantina. Um, all the creatures in there. Mm-hmm. Um, he sees how weird the world is, despite the fact that he's yeah. probably been to Mos Eisley before and seen all these aliens. As an audience, we're seeing these for the first time, and he's got yeah. this sort of look of awe on his face. So it's his first um, encounter. Ray. It's Ray's like her first time going onto Moss's planet, and she's like, "I've never seen this yes. much green yes. in the whole universe." That, like, that gives her her first view of like, 
Because, I mean, if you look at everything that led before it, she's running and beating up the scavengers yeah. on Jakku. Then she's, like, running around on a ship and beating up yeah. a bunch of dudes and running from a giant but rolling she had monster. never seen, as her, her quote says, I've never, I never thought there'd be so much green in the entire universe. So, like, yeah. that's like, oh, I'm in a new world now. Yes. This is the first threshold being crossed. Mm-hmm. And that's the point at which Han is like, hey, you, uh, you want to be my, my pilot? Yeah. Yeah. And so she's offered a, a look into this new world. Then, um, the sixth step of the framework, the hero encounters tests and helpers. Yes. So for Luke, this is where he meets Han and Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets to know R2 and 3PO a bit better on the ship. Um, you know, he's, he's doing his own thing while R2 and 3PO are sitting off the side playing, um, Dejarak with, with mm-hmm. Chewbacca and really like, you know, they're just all getting to know each other. Yeah. That's where you gain allies. Um, you often make ally enemies at that point, like if on, in like a much larger story, the whole, um, Ponda Baba getting his arm chopped off. Like if you were. If you had, you know, a lot more involved there, he might return as an as an enemy at a later point in some yeah, in a yeah. lot of the, the hero's journey type stories. But just the act of getting in that conflict with him was yeah. making an enemy. Um, yeah, and it was him getting you're watching him get beat up by yeah. some butt faced monster. Um, um, so what is Anakin would be um, why is Anakin so hard? Uh, it's because Anakin's actually no, Anakin's covers the so that's much. there. Yeah. The approach, the inmost, uh, the the tests and allies and enemies. Mm-hmm. That covers basically episode two. That's where he's first yeah. tested. You're yeah. watching him make an out enemy of Count Dooku. Mm-hmm. You're watching, like him being forced into babysitting duty of the princess or of yeah. uh, Amidala and all that different stuff. So he's much more. So Ray's at this point would be. Um, Finding a lightsaber, having the vision, and running off. Like, that's her first test would be to take yeah. the lightsaber. Um, and then she's obviously... Encountering Kylo Ren. Yeah, and she's been trying to make allies with, with Finn. Like, she, like Finn wants to leave and get out. Yeah. And she's like, no, Finn, we can't abandon them. Like, yeah. So, and then, yeah, then Kylo Ren, that's her enemies that she faces for the yeah. first time. So then the hero reaches the innermost cave. Um they end up in this deep, it's usually deep underground. The object of the quest is hidden there. Um, basically the hero has to descend into hell. Yeah. Um, so the or, going into the death star. Um, yeah, that's that Luke going into the death star. Also the, um, the, uh, trash compactor. Oh, right. Is this like the worst possible place he could yeah, be yeah. as he's like, he's first drowned. Yeah. And then almost nearly crushed to death. Um, Ray's is now she's on um, Starkiller base having to sneak yeah. through the. And the well, the interrogation scene. And the interrogation That's yeah. like the. Yeah, the descend into hell. Like, yeah. Um, like she's, she calls Kylo Ren a creature in a mask. Yeah. That's what she calls him. Like, so that's, that's exactly. Uh, and then Anakin, this is the point at which he. Um, his mother dying? Yeah, yeah, because it's much more metaphorical. Yeah, like he, um, well, he descends into the hut. Like yeah. I said before, like um, in the last episode, like, both Luke and Anakin descend into a cave of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, and rather than retrieving a loved one, he instead loses his loved one, yeah. which ends up basically breaking him. Um, so then at that point, the hero ends up enduring the supreme ordeal. This is where the hero touches bottom. This is where um, Luke ends up um, losing Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. It's the death that is despair. It's the worst thing that's happened. His mentor has been slain. Um, he has to flee, and he basically is like, I don't even know it. Like, this was my yeah. whole purpose was to like follow this guy around, and I'm dead. Um, with um, with Ray, it's watching Han yeah. be killed. Yeah, she watches this guy who was like the first nice guy mm-hmm. that she's ever met outside of Finn, like who was going to be well, like, who was a father figure, and yeah. she has a longing for parents. Yeah, so and um, 
So she watches him die, and it you can see just like the despair on her. Um, Anakin's would probably be dreams of Padme dying, or maybe in a larger sense. Um, it depends how yeah, it depends how far away you want to apply it to Anakin. You could do yeah. all six films if you wanted. Um, yeah. But his is, hmm. Um, I mean, it, they say it's about being like dying and being born again. I mean, I really think if you take it, if you expand out the view, it's Anakin literally burning and becoming Darth Vader. Yeah, like that's the supreme ordeal for him. Yeah, yeah, um, actually, that's yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially because it's supposed to be the deepest, darkest, yeah, worst like place you possibly be. It's the brink of death. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then the hero seizes the sword, which in The Force Awakens literally happens. Oh my gosh, that scene, I think, has got to be my favorite in all Star Wars now. Yeah. When the lightsaber goes to Rey instead of Kylo Ren, mm-hmm. and she's holding out her hand, and she's like surprised almost. Like she's, like, like she's finally accepted her destiny. Like yeah. her, she's finally accepted herself. I yeah. get goosebumps every time I see that scene. It's so great. Ugh. Well, and then he has that line, that lightsaber belongs to me. Yeah. One, he's never seen that lightsaber before. So far as we know. As far as we know. Yeah. But, like, that lightsaber's been lost since yeah. Luke lost it. Yeah. So well, Ma he, said she has had it for a long time. So yeah. I would doubt that he'd seen it anyway. Yeah. So, basically... He can sense Luke's presence. Yeah. Because it's not like Luke's sitting around the campfire explaining to the little kid Jedi's, like, in detail what his lightsaber looked like. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so there's something about that lightsaber that has, like, been drawn to him. And I, this is a discussion for another time, but I think Luke, or basically Kylo has been abandoned by everybody. Yeah. And that lightsaber represents, like, the final abandonment of Luke abandoning him. Yeah, that's a good... That's some good symbolism there, for yeah. sure. So, um, it's off topic, but that's... No, yeah, that's, no, no. That's, that's uh, what the... That's the seizing the sword. So Luke seizing the sword is him turning off his... Turning target off target computer and using the Force. Yeah, the, the sword for him yeah. is the power of the uh, Force. Um, Anakin, so let's say Anakin's Darth Vader now. Yeah. Seizing the sword. I would say, because we're looking now towards the end. Seizing the suit? No, no, no. Or is it? This is him now um, turning back towards the light side. Okay. This is him reclaiming his life as Anakin. Yeah. Because... Frankly, he really doesn't just... have that many scenes in the original trilogy. Yeah. He and... just shows up as menacing, but you could not take those you could not remove every single other scene from the movie yeah. and just leave in Darth Vader scenes and understand what was Okay, going but on. that's what I was it's saying. Just kind of there. That's why I was saying though earlier why Return of the Jedi was more enjoyable to me, because there are actual scenes with Darth Vader where he like hangs his head and he's starting to have emotion again. Yeah. Because he's becoming Anakin again. Yeah. Um so yeah, so that's him. Um, so seizing the sword or, or the reward would be coming back. Yeah. So then, then you have the reward, the road back. Um, so the hero is often pursued by vengeful forces because um, he's stolen the elixir of the treasure, and yeah. he's on his way back to the real world. Yeah. Um, and so this is Vader turning against the Emperor. Yeah, um, but he's getting electrocuted, so he's not. You know, he's fit, he's still being harmed by his journey back to the light. Yeah, um, Ray's is her duel with um, Kylo Ren, and yeah, the, and it is a bit of a chase scene because so often this represents yeah. chase scenes. Uh, he's, he's chasing her. Yeah, like, the entire time, all yeah. the way up until we get to the next point. But yeah, Luke's is. Luke's is, I mean, his is pretty simple. It's firing the missile and then, like, 
you're watching as this tension is building, like, oh, is it going to blow up? Is it going to blow up? While they're, like, fleeing from the Death yeah. Star because you're, like... Or if you expand it, it's literally all of Empire Strikes Back because Empire Strikes Back is a giant chase scene. But not Luke. <laughs> um, Luke. I mean, the Empire is after Luke. Luke sits on a, in the swamp yeah. for a while, and then he goes to Cloud City where he fights Vader. Yeah. So, okay. um, so then resurrection, the hero emerges from the special world transformed by his or her experience. So you've got a, uh, that's Luke emerging from the, um, the X-wing of victorious yeah. being the hero. Yeah. Um, and it's, um, Ray slicing up Kylo Ren. Yeah, and she, that's, stands well, it's, she stands there and it, and it separates the, the, the ground. She's resurrected she's, as she focuses and oh, right. focuses yeah. herself and then like reemerges and is able to actually defeat him where she wasn't able to before. Yeah. Um, and then for, for Anakin, it's them removing his helmet. Yeah. That's Gosh, his that scene. That's his resurrection where he finally is Anakin yeah. again. Seriously, that scene though, man. The, that's a good scene. Like, yeah. I've got to save you. You already have. Yeah. Do you understand why I love tell, Return of the Jedi? Tell your sister. Okay? They're just, you were right. Point me to an emotional <laughs> scene in Empire Strikes Back that is as good as that. Come on. The. Nope. Um, yeah. Nope. Yes. Nope. <laughs> when Yoda pulls the X-Wing out of the swamp. Yes. I agree that's and good. Luke's, no, the look on Luke's face and him going... Believe it, and Yoda saying, "That is why you fail." I know is so know. But, fantastic, but but that's the context. I mean, it's okay. You know, we can just we can move on. Yeah, um, and then the hero returns with the elixir, with the the magical thingamajig the MacGuffin. He's returned. Yeah. Um, so that's Ray handing over the lightsaber to Luke. She has returned. Yeah, with the MacGuffin. Yeah. Um, that's also uh, Luke being rewarded with the yeah with the, with the medal with like the it's metal. it's them celebrating what the this fantastic thing the enemy is defeated yeah. we shall never worry about the empire ever again <laughs> until the next movie uh, and alternatively if you expand it because you could apply the hero's journey more broadly to the trilogy yeah it's Luke coming back after um, in Return of the Jedi uh, mm-hmm. after the Death Star explodes and. Because they're elixir, returning to the mundane world. The elixir would be Anakin's force ghost, because that is and that is the reward. And for Anakin's story, it's right. also Alter- Anakin okay. returning as the so force ghost. I should have said that. Yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, returning as the force ghost. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and it's you know it really is great how it, that that scene can be applied to both Luke and Anakin because there is this the redemption of 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 Anakin like the. The redemption of Luke's the redemption of Anakin. You know, the yeah. the finishing the story for Luke's the finishing story for Anakin, father and son. Luke is redeemed from his descent into the dark side by choking out Gamorrean guards, <laughs> and I agree. That being a generally bad dude, <laughs> by finally redeeming his father. He just strolls into Jabba's palace. And he just choke. He didn't even ask questions. He just chokes him. <laughs> yeah, he's like, they're not people because I'm a racist. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. Well, so, so that's the hero's journey. That's and the hero's journey. You can, and like I said, you can take this and walk through everything. Any, uh, like, take a romantic comedy, and you could probably walk your yeah. way through this. Like, but every you could single, walk it through like all six films together, and you could say, okay, this is this character's mm-hmm. journey. Um, and then alternatively, we can see if we can do all nine once the once they're all completed. Yeah, that's that's the hope. Is that um, the, the thing is, is that oh, <laughs> the thing is is that the the problem with the things is that even though the original saga, the six yeah. films, are Anakin's story, Anakin barely shows up in yeah. two of the movies, yeah. except as an evil menace. So, and it's really, like, the, and it's like the from four through nine is Luke's story, and he barely shows up. So I think what we're going to find is in the, the nine movies that the hero that we're referring to is the light side of the force. We're watching yeah. it live through 
these three characters. Oh my gosh, that's so interesting. Um, yeah, like, okay, the first trilogy, Anakin's, um, he's on the light side, and then the, and the turning point between trilogies is the descent. Yeah. It's the same for Luke. Yeah. Luke's, you know, light side, and now he's a grumpy hermit. Yeah. His descent into a, abandoning everyone. Yeah. It's the, yeah, that, that's his version of going to the dark side. Yeah. And then being a crotchety old man and then coming out of it is, is what's going to be the journey. Yeah. So it is, yeah, again, it's, it's mirrored only through nine films and it expands it more. I, all right. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> <coughs> okay. So before we move on to trivia, I started to talk about this earlier. Okay. This is a, a thing I've been building on okay. Kylo Ren. So Kylo Ren. Yeah. Hit me up. He is, what do you got? he is this incredible force user. Yes, factual. He's thing. great. He's also a bit of a, a sociopath. Yeah. You can tell he's very, very selfish. Yeah. Han and Leia. Yeah. Decide we can't deal with this kid. Pretty much. We're gonna hand him over to his uncle. Yeah. They fail as parents, which they acknowledged. Yeah. So Han he goes is, back to smuggling. Leia yeah. goes back to being a general. He's abandoned by his parents. Yeah. Then he's handed off to Luke. Mm-hmm. Luke realizes. Because he says in the in the trailer for the new film, I've yeah. seen this power before. I wasn't afraid of it. Then I am now. Luke realizes this kid is too powerful for him, and sort of like brushes him aside and is like, "I can't deal with this kid. He's yeah. too powerful." And, and so Snoke. that's how Snoke yeah. So what him. happens is like I'm imagining like this like flashback scene where Kylo is sitting there watching as Luke is training all these other young Jedi. Mm-hmm. With like this look of like fatherly love that he's not giving to Kylo because he's a bit he's a bit afraid of Kylo because Kylo is so powerful and is like raw. And that's what allows then Snoke to come in. Yeah. And I imagine that that Kylo like left the Jedi Order and like went into hiding and they couldn't find him, and like Luke continued with his training, and then Kylo returned. With the Knights of Ren, with these like other abandoned young Jedi who were also disillusioned and returned. Do you to think wipe the out. Knights of Ren will be Force users? I think so. I don't know Do what else they would Luke's be. Fallen Jedi. I think so. There's just so much we don't know. I just don't. I don't. These knight, I don't still not understand what these Knights of Ren would be otherwise. Like they just I, real. Yeah, I don't. Really guys who are like real good. Hitting things like they, they have I don't to be... really get where they fit in the story. Like yeah. so far, it doesn't even make sense why they're there. Yeah, but I guess we'll see. But they also didn't when they made Episode Seven. They had no plans for Eight and Nine. They actually did not. They don't. They didn't know what anything meant that they did in because J.J. Well, Abrams believes in the mystery box. Yeah. Which is, let's Ryan make a Johnson mystery. did come up with a lot of the things yeah. that they're doing. So basically what they were was like, oh, what if you had these guys called the Knights of Ren who were super <laughs> yeah. scary? Oh, what if this and this? I'm telling you, or do we know be a band. It's a band. Definitely. Talked about this. So anyways, that's my idea is that yeah. basically Kylo is completely abandoned by everybody and that's his whole yeah. thing. So. No, makes sense. And yeah. well, and Ray was abandoned and that's the connection. Mm-hmm. Exactly. There we go. So. All right, let's go ahead and move on to some trivia. Come on, man. Quit that banging. Okay. When last we joined our heroes. Mark had 49 and Gabe had 50. What? Not for long. All right. You know what? I'm going to go first this time, okay? Mark, tell me. Who, according to Darth Vader, is as clumsy as he is stupid? That would be... Whoa, I can't think of his... I always remember the Admiral's names. Come on, now I knew this. It's... Oh, why can't I think of his name? He's cracking under pressure. I am. It's, um... Ooh. We're going to have to start imposing time limits. I know. It's, um... You don't know, you don't know. No, I do. It's in there. I just have to find it's it. It's in there somewhere, but, okay. a, but a real Star Wars fan so. would know right away. Uh, I keep having the name Admiral Mahdi, but I know it's not because Admiral Mahdi is from A New Hope. It's, um... 
Oh, man. Oh. De- de- declare you don't know. I'm declaring you don't know. I really need to rewatch these movies. Okay. Admiral, I... He can't have liked Speed too quickly. But I can't remember his name. What is it? Ozzel. Ozzel. Admiral Ozzel. No. Who protests, I don't want to lose you to the Emperor the way I lost Vader? Um, Obi-Wan said that. Who drives the land speeder when Luke goes looking for R2-D2? C-3PO does. Who promises the Trade Federation that their invasion of Naboo will be ruled legal? Who says that it will be ruled legal? Yes, who promises the Trade Federation that their invasion will be ruled legal? Oh, it's going to be um, Sidious. Yeah. I will make it legal. The, the, the wording on it was like... Um, what type of ships drop concussion charges to flush the Falcon from its asteroid cave? High bombers. Yep. Who gives C-3PO the nudge he needs to enter the Geonosis factory? R2-D2. Yep. Okay. Get those quick. Oh, I could have gotten You could have, but you didn't. And I'm the one who always knows the admirals. Mm-hmm. All right. From my point of view, the admirals are you. Well, they are. They're imperial. <laughs> All right. So, you ready? Okay. I'm ready. Hit me up. Okay. I got this. You, you need to get... Three wrong to tie. Three wrong to tie. Okay. What color are the uniforms of the Emperor's Royal Guards? Red. What tool does Anakin Skywalker use to quietly move, make a hole in the hut where Shmi is held captive? Lightsaber. What character remarks, I I should prefer it if I were a little bit more completed? C-3PO. Who throws a satchel full of explosives at an Imperial officer knocking him over a guardrail? Hot Solo. What planet is the first stop for Queen Amidala's retinue after running the Naboo blockade? What planet's the first stop? Yes. Tatooine. Who's the first person to thank C-3PO for being set free in the Ewok village? Sorry, read that again. Who's the first person to thank C-3PO after being set free in the Ewok village? To thank 3PO. Um, oh, Luke. Yeah. It's like someone just watched these movies or something. I know. So, I'm going to be rewatching all these movies. <laughs> Mark has 54, I have 57. Yeah. Three down. Boom. All right. Snoke theory, guys. All right. So, I put an online um, image for people to react on Facebook to say what they agreed with most for, their, for the past Snoke theories. Yeah. So, there's a tie right now between Jack Porkins and George Lucas. Yes. To be Snoke. Yes. Uh, for each, uh, Elon Sleaze Bagano has two. Rapatuni, R5D4, and Malakili all have one each. Yes. I actually think Malakili is the biggest. Now, what did you vote? You voted George I, Lucas. I voted George Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah I, I think they'll break the fourth wall. That's the new direction Ryan Johnson's going in. Yeah. Um, Brave new direction. Um, but here's the thing. You're all wrong. Okay. Because I got a new one. All right, let's hear it. <laughs> you can't even do it. <laughs> okay. Snoke, stay with me here. All right, I'm listening. Snoke. My mind is open. Is. <laughs> do you want me to do it for you? Sure. Snoke. Is sixteen porgs stacked on top of each other? <laughs> Just hit the cover of the rope. Yeah, <laughs> like four. There's four porgs each for each leg, yeah. right? And there's probably like five or six for the middle, and the rest make the the head and the arms. Yeah, and they're just wearing a mask. Yeah, and he's covered in a rope. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. Okay, so they say that porgs were at the first Jedi temple, right? Yeah. Well, I think it's likely that Luke brought Kylo Ren there. Uh-huh. All porgs, they say, are force sensitive because they're at the first Jedi Temple. They have to be, yeah. They protect the temple. That's how they pull Kylo Ren in. Yeah. And then, you know, they realize no one's going to take them seriously, you know, pint sized. So they stack on top of each other <laughs> and get a robe. Yeah. And become Snoke. 
Makes sense. This one is the best theory ever. And if I am wrong... You owe me $100. Um, I, if I'm wrong, I'll admit that Empire Strikes Back has some good qualities. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably the best I can help for. Yep. Okay, that was our episode. Yeah, I, like, I like this episode. Yeah, it was good. good. Yeah. Uh, so by the time you're listening to this, Last Jedi will be like a week away. within range. Yeah. In firing range. Yeah. In my firing range. Take it off. Take off your targeting computers. So the force guide you right now. His high exaltedness, the great Jabba the Hutt, has decreed that you are to podcast immediately. Good. I hate long waits. You will therefore be taken to Mark's house and cast in the voice of the Rebellion, the nesting place of the all-powerful Sarlacc. Doesn't sound too bad. In his belly, you will find a new definition of Star Wars as you are slowly digest its content over a thousand years. You